All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome in. Thank you very much, Lisa, as Bag Milk would usually say. This is episode 131 of Oilers Nation Radio. I'm hosting today because I make the rules. I'm joined by Nation Dan Rick and, of course, Bagged Milk himself. As always, Oilers Nation Radio is brought to you by Sherwood Ford, the giant. Check them out in Sherwood Park. Get your vehicle. I'll, uh, I'll get the get the winter stuff out of there. We're looking at spring now. What do we say? We said winterize your vehicle. Is it springerize your vehicle now? Is that something springerize your vehicle? Why not springerize your vehicle with uh, (laughs) with Sherwood Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's dig right into the Sherwood Ford giant question, you guys, because we have a lot to get to. Trade deadline. We're we're gonna have one more podcast before the trade deadline, but that one will be like literally days before the deadline. So let's do a nice little trade deadline preview for our Edmonton Oilers. We've heard them connected to Luke Glendening. We've also had Ken Holland say he doesn't want to add depth pieces. He only wants to make significant additions, but we know the Oilers don't have cap space or they don't have assets to do that. We've also heard them connected to like Jamie Alexiak. So there's a lot going on around the Oilers. I don't know what to believe, but today's Sherwood Ford giant question is this. If you could add one thing to the Oilers at this year's deadline, what would you add? Bag milk. I'll start with you. Well, I mean, uh, like the ideal the ideal scenario, obviously, to me, is a scoring left winger for the second line. Say Dave Tippett wants to roll with Dreisaitl and McDavid together, as he did a little bit last week. Um, that leaves Nuge with a line that just doesn't work all that well. I mean, he and Yamamoto are fine. Honestly, I would have preferred they flip Pugliarvi and Yamamoto, but he and Yamamoto were fine. But on the other side, Dominic Cahoon, I just don't think he's a top six forward. There's nothing wrong with that either. I just don't think he's a good fit there. So if they had somebody there that could score, that would be the ideal ad. But like you said, I don't think they have the assets for it. I don't think that they have the cap space for it. 
And right now they're dealing also with trying to sign some veterans um, that will need some new deals. Uh, is Tyson, like how much room is Tyson Berry going to take next year? Do they sign him? What about Ryan Nugent Hopkins? We're getting to the point with both of those guys where it's shit or get off the pot time. And the Oilers are going to be in a real problem here. Like, could you imagine if we get to the trade deadline, they pass it, uh, Nuge and Barry aren't signed yet by any means. And then they go to free agency and lose one or both of those guys and walk away from. So to me, yeah, trading for pieces is important, but the bigger picture here for the Edmonton Oilers is some of the UFAs on their team that need new deals. So trade's great, but probably housekeeping first. Fair enough. Rick, what do you think? Biggest uh, one, one move you'd make at the deadline? I think I got to go towards the uh, – I'm going to go the other end of the ice. I'm going to go with that, that that number one goaltender. I know there's okay. been uh, – Mike, what Mike Smith has done this year has been uh, pretty much phenomenal. Um, but you're almost surprised after every game. You don't really walk into those games feeling confident. You know, we've seen what he can do, but we also seen what happens when he has he has off games. So I'd just like to have that goaltender, that number one guy that, you know, he keeps that puck out of the net mm-hmm. more often than not. Because you know, when it comes to Smith and it comes to Miko, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a crapshoot, and uh, I just like a little more a little more consistency in that. Dan, I think. Uh, Jason Strudwick actually turned my brain a little bit last week when he was talking about this and how this team is is not necessarily built to win a Stanley Cup. I think that they can make noise in this in the playoffs, and I, and I think that any team can win a cup at any on any given day. But I don't think that this team is like one transaction away from from being a, a Stanley Cup contender. So for me, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing Ken Holland even go out and do a move where he sends out somebody of value from our depth pieces, you know, whether it's a Tyler Ennis or a, or a chase value though. I know. And that's, and that's the thing. You got to see what the value is there, but maybe he restocks the cupboard with a little bit of, a little bit of draft picks there. And then, and then goes out and gets another depth piece in return for lesser price. I don't know. Like it, I, I think that that's the only the kind of, that's the only kind of like ticky tacky moves that we're going to see this year. And uh, I'm okay with that because I, I just, I don't think that this team is like one piece away from being the Tampa Bay Vegas Golden Knights level of team. I do believe that on any given night we could beat those teams as the team we are right now. And so I don't know if you necessarily want to go out and pay a big price for the players that Bag Milk and Rick are both right. We could use both of those kinds of players on our team. I just don't know if we're really really willing to pay that price right now. I just the don't thing, think they have the assets. I just don't think they yeah, can. Yeah. They, I don't think like what are you going to do? The other no, we do have like, we do have the assets. Fourth in terms of we have the assets. Package. You just don't want to spend them. Well, like you, you have you've got, you got the Holloways, you got the Lavois. I don't know what Lavois' uh, um, value is going to be, but you've got some guys out there. You've got the Brobergs of the world. You do have some assets. You're just not willing to spend those, and that's fair. And I I wouldn't spend them either. So I'm just saying, yeah, we do have the assets. It's just like they're overpriced assets. We don't have the right uh, value assets. Well, you do have to keep the future in mind a bit, right? Like they don't yeah, have exactly. second round, a second or third round pick this year. We're like, you know, in a usual year, yeah, I'd be like, you know what? Give up one of those, but y- you kind of burnt them all last year, which is tough. And in a cap system, especially with the cap staying flat, like Dylan Holloway is just too important. If he can be a top nine forward for you next year, as much as I love Ricard Raquel, I'm not including Dylan Holloway in a deal for Ricard Raquel because I'm hoping Holloway can be that guy, but cheaper in, in a year or two, right? So if I, if I could add one thing, I, I, I would almost look at maybe a depth forward. 
I still look at the center ice position. Kyle Turris has really been struggling. I don't think he's a centerman in the, at the NHL level anymore. Uh, Gaetan Haas, Jujar Kara, they're good. But what if one of those guys were to go down? Who are you elevating in there? I would go get an insurance policy. I think you can play Gaetan Haas on the wing. I would go look at the Glenn Dennings, the Brandon Sutters. They are not sexy names. Even Derek Ryan down in Calgary would interest me if you could make the money work. I'd be looking at one of those guys. I'd be dangling a draft pick in, in next year's draft. And I'd probably even up the price a little bit if the team was willing to take back Kyle Turris in the deal to get money off the books next year. Um, so I'd be looking at sort of a depth centerman, someone who can win draws, someone who can kill penalties and just give you a bit of an insurance policy. Cause I agree with you, Dan, this team is probably not one move away from being an elite cup contender, but where I'll disagree with you is you don't sell off right now or don't do anything like that because the path to the final four this year is easier for the Oilers than it's ever been. You don't need to get through Vegas. There's no chance of having to play a team like Colorado. You can beat Winnipeg. You can beat Toronto. You can beat Montreal. You can honestly beat those teams in a best of seven series. And it's not that much of a stretch. Like Rick said, no one's going to fall off their chair. If the Oilers beat the Leafs or the jets in a seven game series. So your path to that final four is so easy that I think you'd be doing a disservice to Connor McDavid, not tinkering a bit and not doing something just to give him a little boost, even just to show this core group of guys. Like if you're Ken Holland, Hey, I believe in you guys. Here's a little bit of help. Go get the job done. I, I just think the opportunity is too good this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, I guess for me, it's like, you know, transaction wise, you know, we're having to move, we're having to move guys up and down that really shouldn't have to move up and down. You know, Tyler Ennis was a, was a scary thing to have to, to possibly lose yesterday, just in the sense of you're losing a, an asset for nothing. Um, so for me, I, I think we need to have three goalies going forward. Unless like Rick said, we go out and get that number one goalie. I think that Staylock is going to have a position on this team and he's going to play some, play some meaningful games going down the stretch. And hopefully we have a three headed goalie monster that, uh, that can kind of help us as opposed to the, the previous iteration of it. But I, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I guess like I was saying, like if, if I'm going to make a move, it's going to be to try and recoup some of those assets and give you some, some pieces to work with in the future. But that would be the only thing I would do. Cause I just don't think we need to go out and spend a bunch to get, to, to get those, those little the final pieces of the puzzle. I'm just not sure who they have that like a team would be interested in. Like I think chase on eh, he'd clear waivers. I still think, I, I don't think there's yeah. a team out there who looks at him at 2 million bucks and is like, that's a guy who's going to help our team win. I feel like every team, if you don't have your own Alex chase on already, you can yeah. go on the wire and be patient and pluck a different team's Alex chase on one name that came up today on dropping the gloves. And I was curious to hear what your guys' thoughts of it is, is and, and he didn't really mention it. John Scott didn't really mention it as an Oilers option, but is Patrick Marlowe. No. So there's, so there's a story there though, because he's about to eclipse Gordy Howe's record. He has never had a Stanley cup in his possession. He, I don't know, like, the, I don't know, I, I, again, I, like, I don't think he fits on this team because of his, his slow style, but it was an interesting thought Pat, for a third line, Pat, fourth line center. Patrick Marlowe hasn't been an NHL level player in two years, in my opinion. He's, he's hanging around right now because the Sharks are doing him a solid. I know there's a little bit of talk about it, but there, there's not a single contender, I don't think, who's seriously interested in bringing yeah. in Patrick Marlowe. He's just done, man. He's just, 
You, you mentioned his slow style. That's not a style. That's just, he can't <laughs> skate anymore. Um, I don't, I just, yeah, I, I would have, you could offer me a seventh round pick for Patrick Marlowe and I would shake. But that's a guy, that's a guy that comes into this team and helps them like emotionally get ready for the, you know, get ready for a playoff run. I don't know. That's just he's never like, won. that's a veteran guy. I know, yeah, but he's not, he's certain like you don't, you don't play as many games as Gordy Howe played and not have that you know, that pedigree to be able to get a team fired up and get the guys going. If this was 10 years ago, fuck yeah. yeah. If this was it's just four like, years to, ago, I'd be like, sure. To yeah. me, it's like, to me, I, I don't, I don't feel the need to buy a VCR at this point. Hey, it's, they hey. still work. They still work. You can still watch Ninja Turtles 2, uh, Secret of the Ooze on it. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I need a VCR. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no there's no point in bringing a guy like that over. I I'd rather play Pat I'd I'd rather play Patrick Russell I think, but I, I get it like you you want to bring in some like good veteran leadership and all that. But I'm also kind of a believer in like you know what's a good way to get good veteran leadership is to have your players win and to go on runs right like make your own group find yeah. your own veteran leaders I think where where I like what Dan's saying here is I like the idea of bringing in a veteran. Really? Um, I really, really do. I just don't. I just don't think Patrick Marlowe's that guy. The Is there anyone you would bring in then? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yager's still playing somewhere. I think like, <laughs> if we're gonna do it, we should probably do one of the best scorers of all time. He's got cup rings too, so you know it just makes sense. I'm I'm looking right now at Frank Saravalli's trade bait board, and ah, uh, yeah, there's not even anyone on there really, aside from like the centerman, like Glenn Denning, that like really jumps off the page to me, like. I again, like, will a team do anything for a fourth rounder next year or a third rounder next year? I'm not sure. Like, there's a lot of people who floated out Bobby Ryan. Everyone seems to be like, oh, Bobby Ryan could jump in here and score. And like, it's to me, that's almost the same thing as the Marlow thing, where it's like a couple of years ago, I'd be like, yeah, Bobby Ryan, bring him in, see what he can do, make the money work. But Bobby Ryan is just a guy to me who's like doing good because he's on a bad team. Like, I don't think Bobby Ryan steps up in here. And I, I feel like at trade deadline, too, a lot of people get the grass is always greener thing where like, Oh, this player can step in and like yeah. help us out when especially it's like, especially in this city, especially. Yeah. In this city. <laughs> and like, is Bobby Ryan, do you really think Bobby Ryan's that much of an upgrade on Dominic Cahoon or Tyler Ennis? I'm not sold on that. I think if you put Tyler Ennis on Detroit, gave him power play one minutes and let him play a couple shifts with Larkin. I think Tyler Ennis probably has a few goals this year, but like Bobby Ryan coming in here, slow boots. Yeah. Maybe he can shoot, but like, I just, I just don't see, I don't see the need to go pick up a fringe piece unless it's a centerman who can win you draw and kills draws and kill penalties. Jared Smith, Smithson. Then make sure their wives aren't pregnant, right? Isn't that the lesson we learned with Jared Smithson? Make sure he's like ready to jump into the lineup and doesn't need to like stay somewhere. <laughs> I don't All right, remember, man. Bring back yeah. oil change though, according to Zach Lang. That's interesting. I heard some rumblings about that. And I, I didn't have this written down as a topic, but if the Oilers launched a service that was like four ninety nine a month and you got some like inside looks at the team, you got exclusive interviews, would any of you guys be interested in that? Like basically the athletic, yes. but only for the yep. Oilers. Rick, you're yes. all in on that? Yep. Oh yeah, five bucks to take it. <laughs> here, here's, here's the thing that I would say though. I, I'm completely down with paying five bucks a month for something like that, but it can't just be the same boring bullshit they put out. Just a it, just it an absolute be, propaganda film. Yeah, it, oh, they've it has been a lot be better like, with their social media lately. Yeah, no, that's fine. But if I'm going to pay for it, I want actual premium service. I want actual interviews with players yeah. 
that talk about their lives. We talked, I, I briefly mentioned Ryan Nugent Hopkins before. Right now, he's a guy that maybe, I hope he signs. Maybe he doesn't. Who fuck knows? But he has now been on this team since 2011. Outside of he likes horses, outside of some basic info, what do you know about him? Nothing. Yep. Nothing. I yep. want to know more about the players. They've all got good stories. You don't make the NHL by winning a scratch ticket. And Doesn't he I have think- a family member that works at a liquor store in Red Deer or something like that? Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Dan figured that out himself. See? Dan confirmed that. <laughs> I did walk around Red Deer asking, do you know Ryan Nugent Hawkins? <laughs> So Dan's Dan's hitting the streets. Why can't the Oilers, especially if they want us to pay five bucks a month for it? Again, well, that, and that's exactly it, Beg Monk. They've done a really good job. Like they've, really they've done a really good job throughout, you know, for, for years and years and years doing that type of thing. I think I would say no really issues. good. No, I would, I would argue with really that. Good. I would say even oil change wasn't that great, like in the sense that it didn't give oh, you the team behind sucks. the scenes access, but it didn't even give what you much of, access. Like you saw, we saw the room, we saw like, Hall and Eberle's house for, you know, 30 seconds of a clip. And then, and then it was just like locker room training room stuff. I don't know. It, uh, I, I agree with bag milk. I think that, I think that if you're going to do that, like the world that we live in now, we're given 100% access last chance. You, I know everything about those kids. Yeah. Last chance is great. You know, QB one, same thing, you know, uh, hard knocks. That's another good one by HBO where you get the, you get full, 24 hour, seven days a week access to these players. So maybe have and a it, third company come in. So you're not, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, you're not, even you're, if not, you look you're at, not just being a little bit too nice to yourself or whatever. You have a third company come in and kind of uh, be a little more down the middle. Even yeah. if you look at the HBO series that they did with the NHL 24 seven, that yep. was infinitely better than oil change. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to, was pay- it around, was it around the same time? Do you think that maybe one led to the other? Perhaps, I, maybe. I, just, I have no idea. But like, I just know that if I'm going to pay for it, I want something better than what they gave the first time. From the outside looking in, it looked like to me that the Oilers just didn't give the access that the other t- the other TV shows get. You know, Hard Knocks had access. HBO had access for 24-7 um, filming. And they got stuff that, that you know, arguably took tore apart Bruce Galloff's career. But but it, that was good television. That was good watching, and it was exciting to watch. And for some people, it endeared themselves, like myself, endeared themselves to Brzgalov more. But that's the kind of stuff you need. You can't just get the same, you know, come to the rink and, and work hard every day kind of nonsense. Yeah, Did that's Brzgalov what you're getting, though, if the, if the Oilers do it themselves and are paying, if you're paying four ninety nine a month to the Edmonton Oilers and their production crews are doing it, I just have a hard time believing it's going to be like this crazy, insightful stuff. I think it'll be a lot of... Propaganda. propaganda yeah like this has nothing to do with anything but what is brisgallop doing now why is this guy not in the media of some kind because he was hilarious he did he the, was so funny so it's funny you said that because i I'd reached out to him to try and get him on this podcast because ah. i started watching some of his old stuff and he um he was hired by the league as a as a correspondent to, or not the league sorry the nhl network and he went in and he just did like those media day scrums uh, at the all-star game. And then he did oh, one yeah. of the Stanley cup finals and he just, and he, like he just, it's such gold. You have to go and watch it on YouTube and we have to get him on this podcast because I like, I just don't, I, I literally couldn't tell you what that episode would be about. It, we, we would talk a little bit of his time in Edmonton and then what else he would bring up. 
I don't know, but I would love to see it with the with the four of us or even real life. But yeah, I was I was trying to get him on the episode because like, uh, he's such many, good television. How many times did we say why you have to be mad yeah. or whatever, <laughs> like or just his I'm afraid of bears in the woods. The whole thing, like he was just the best. I you love get, that guy. You get the death penalty if you kill a tiger in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the best, how about our friends at Skip the Dishes? I had nice. Skip the Dishes the other day. Because I had it was- Skip the Dishes last night. It was National Burrito Day, so I had two burritos. They were fantastic, and Skip the Dishes was fantastic, making sure they got here in a very timely manner. As a, as a good Ukrainian boy, I love a good deal, and I like when you can go on Skip the Dishes and see the little savings everywhere. It also helps me. I'm rather indecisive, so like it helps me make up my <laughs> mind what I want to eat when I see, like, oh, free delivery over $20 here, or like, oh, this place has like 20% off in the next hour. It's very good stuff. Uh, check how, out many cards did, how many cards did you fill out, then delete, and then go to another one and start filling out that menu, and then delete that? I do that uh, on numerous times. I did that last night because so what I did last night is I ordered a <laughs> lot of Chinese food. Like I went, I thought yesterday was Friday for some reason. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to order was. some stuff through the weekend. And then uh, it got here. I'm like, oh shit, it's Thursday. I had Kung Pao chicken, mm. beef broccoli, mm. uh, a chop suey, fried rice, beef bro- uh, did I say beef broccoli? I had yeah. like Shanghai noodles. I had deep fried wonton. Like <laughs> it was, I put in a shift, and I'm very proud of myself. And I didn't have. You should be. Skip the dishes. Thank you. Yes, shout out to Skip the Dishes. Uh, Skip the Dishes is great. What's not great is the amount of uh, COVID positives we're having in the North Division right now. Yeah, I think this can just be like unanimously our podcast's cold performer of the week when we get to that point. Um, But Pierre Lebrun is reporting that there's already six positives on the Canucks roster and there's fear that there could be more. So what this means is, A, the Canucks have to get everyone quarantined. They're going to have to shut down. Like, obviously, priority here is health. But like, if we're just going to skip ahead and go right to the hockey stuff, they're probably going to have to be shut down for two weeks now. So obviously... The Oilers aren't playing the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night. And you know what? They're probably not playing them on April 12th or 14th either. It this what's happened over the last like 10 days here, however long it's been since the Canadians had to get shut down. It almost shows me, man, we got real lucky for like three months of the season. Hey, the fact that these are the first shutdowns we're getting in this Canadian division for a while, we tricked ourselves almost into thinking like, Oh, we're up in Canada. Like we, we have it under control. Like there's a reason the North division doesn't have any, but now I'm saying you're going, no, we just got lucky, man. Has anyone had it as big as Vancouver right now? I got Montreal Dallas, 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 right? Dallas, yeah, but Montreal, had, Montreal had two players. Yeah. Um, but Vancouver, and even, and I think only one actually was positive. Yeah, we don't know for sure, but still, like, two players, if you don't get ahead of it, like we just saw in Vancouver, can get worse. So, like, there was a shutdown in Montreal. There was one in Vancouver, south of the border. Like, Buffalo got hit hard. New Jersey, I think, got hit hard. With this many players, though? With this many players? With this many players at once? Stars did, Uh, I think. Yeah, and I don't I, know. They and they're they're very vague in their details too, right? And that's yeah. to out of respect for the players' privacy as well. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, like Tyler, you're a baseball guy. You saw this with the with the season last year, and of yeah. course, that was at the start of the second wave, as opposed to you know being in the middle of the the second wave, as it were, when we started this season. So yeah, a hundred percent. Um, we were lucky to get to this point. It's 
super frustrating how it keeps affecting the Oilers without directly affecting the Oilers, just scheduling wise. But I yeah. mean, again, you can't be upset at the fact that they're they're using an abundance of caution, trying to stop the spread amongst teams versus just keeping it within one team and trying to to stop that as well. So yeah, it's it's the right decision. It just sucks. I wonder if we're going to get all teams playing 56 now. I'm on. This is the first time I'm sitting here going, we might need to go by points percentage here because look at the playoff race in this division. It's pretty much settled up. Unless Calgary sweeps Edmonton in the remaining four games in that season set, they're dead. Vancouver's not coming back. They're not fooling anyone. Montreal is six points up on each of them, and they have four games in hand on them. I just think we're sitting here now. And I think there's going to become a point where the NHL just goes, listen, Calgary and Vancouver are done. These four teams are making the playoffs. We're not screwing around. We're not risking anything going into the playoffs. Vancouver, this is too bad. Your games are getting wiped out. And I, and I think that's where we're going to eventually get. I, I'm looking at the schedule right now. So obviously tomorrow's game postponed. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Montreal, two against Ottawa next week. So a three-game week next week. And then there's those two games against Vancouver. I don't know what, like, I don't know what Vancouver's schedule looked like, but are they going to try and reschedule whoever was supposed to play the Canucks to like, are we going to get a battle of Alberta next week when we shouldn't have, I don't know what the schedules look like, but I don't, eventually they're going to run out of time to make these games up. So I think you're right, Tyler. I just can't see how this season ends because they didn't, they didn't give themselves a bunch of time on the back end. No. to make these up. It's not like there's a spare month there or something. No, so, there's a week. There's not a week. There's they said they, there's a week. No, there there was never a they they have bumped it to the 11th of May and they have no more days. That that is the last day they had scheduled in the regular season. They had a couple days, but they didn't have a full week. So that's obviously that's a problem, obviously. So I think points percentage is going to be the only way to get it sorted. They want to start the playoffs on like May 13th or 14th. And they're, they think they're still going to do that. And they haven't deviated from that plan. Well, what they need to start doing, and, you know, this, it sounds like it's just serving Oilers, and that's fair. But what they need to start doing is adjusting other team schedules to fix this too. And it's not just the Vancouver Canucks. It's not just the Montreal Canadiens. It's not just the Edmonton Oilers. But the Oilers have been directly affected by the fact that these two teams have had positive cases and the Oilers requested, you know, or we, you know, we've heard that they've pushed yeah. for, you know, adjustments to the schedule to be made to kind of accommodate them and well, try and fit some of these games in. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, that, that these, these things, they have to start making changes because yeah, those two games in on the 12th and 14th, we're now sitting, we're going to be sitting for five, six days Eight with days. no game in there. Like that's crazy. Well, look at, I'm looking at Vancouver's that. schedule right now. Vancouver next week was supposed to play Winnipeg twice and Calgary twice. And then after that is the two games against Edmonton. So that next week, those two games against Winnipeg are already postponed. So would it make sense to try and move things around a little bit? Like they got two against Calgary in there. Uh, they're going to like, those teams aren't going to want to just sit there with a week off either. So, but then you also potentially run into an issue. Like what happens if they say, okay, Edmonton, Vancouver, we're putting it onto the end of this and onto the end of the schedule. And like, sure. Vancouver's like, yeah, we want to get our games in, but if you're Edmonton and you're locked up in a playoff spot, why would you agree to be like, sure, we'll play eight games in our final 12 days of the season or whatever, just to make the sketch. Like I'm sitting there at that point, I'm going, I'm healthy scratching McDavid and dry for most of those games. 
I'm letting them rest. I'm not overworking my star players because Vancouver had COVID issues. Like I'm, well, the Oilers need to look out for their own playoff chances or their own state heading into the playoffs. And like, you can't be just like running guys down and tiring them out before the postseason. How many more battles of Alberta are there? Because I'm looking at now I'm looking at the flame schedule. They've got Mm -hmm. Oilers, obviously. Uh, And then they've got 29th in the first Sunday, Monday against the Leafs. And then after that, with these probable uh, post moment to Vancouver, they would have one, two, three, four, five. They would have like eight days, six, seven days off. Mm -hmm. So could you fit another battle of Alberta or two in there? I don't know. But then, because like when you look at Calgary's schedule, when the Oilers would be off from their time against Vancouver, like there almost isn't really a spot to just like slide the Edmonton Oilers in there without making like the Flames play three days in a row. So like the Flames play right now on the 13th and 14th against uh, Toronto and Montreal, and they're in Toronto and Montreal for those games. So if maybe you could put one on Sunday, April 11th, but then the Flames will be playing four games in five nights. They're not going to. Oh, that's too bad. About, well, <laughs> we did. I was I hoping they'd that... give us another battle of Alberta Saturday night, but that won't happen either. I, I, I don't know what to do here. Like, I don't know what the NHL is going to do apart from just being like, well, <laughs> like we're trying to come up with options here as a team. And it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I'm not good enough at puzzles to make this fit. And that's where we were. That's where, you know, the flip side of the luck that we didn't have it earlier in the season is the net, the bad luck now, because there's less wiggle room. There's less time to move things around. There's less time to make adjustments. And it is, you know, there is the reality that mm-hmm. as these continue to happen, they could keep happening in the North division. And it could be an issue going forward with more teams. Do you guys think there's a chance? And do you think any team would argue about this? What if, the NHL came to the Oilers and said, listen, we know you're supposed to play twice in Montreal again. And then Montreal comes to you guys twice. Just play all four in Montreal. Just go there for a week, play them four times, and then you're done. And like your home games are technically at the Bell Center. Would you guys raise a stink about that? If it meant finishing the schedule, if it was like, you know what? Edmonton, instead of going to Montreal, then Montreal coming here, you're just going there playing. And then, you know what? Toronto or Ottawa's last few games against you. They're all in Edmonton. And they just sort of make like little week long hubs. Maybe that's the way to do it. I think they have to make the Canadians come here. Well, whatever it would be like, you know what I'm saying? Like if, yeah. if there's compromise everywhere, like, okay. And Edmonton, instead of having Vancouver come to you, you're just going there playing them four times in a week. You're done. And then like, you just try to cut up the schedule and make it as clean as possible. Almost like an NFL schedule where it's like a Vancouver week or like week 10, you're playing in <laughs> Vancouver four days and just like knock out the schedule that way. I don't know. I, I think that they. I think that if they were going to do that, they should have done that at the start of the season. That that would have been the that would have been the move to make. But they tried to make no, the schedule gonna, kind of spread out and even. Yeah, you want to do it like normal, and then this will be like an emergency type of situation. It'll be interesting to see what they'll they'll have to get uh, they'll have to get creative. But I mean, that's yeah. that's part of their job. They knew that that's what was going to be the way coming in, and mm-hmm. well, now now it's here. So I guarantee you, they have some they have some plans some bit of blueprints out there as to you know what they can do if something bad were to happen is now you got to wait and uh, pull a trigger on it enough talking about the games that aren't happening let's talk about the game that is happening tonight between the oilers and flames uh does it take a little bit of buzz out of the battle of alberta because the flames are so bad like would this be way more exciting if the flames were like four points back of the oilers not that i want that but like i'm going into this game and i'm like all oh, the Oilers better beat the shit out of the flames like that's my expectation I love, I love, I love to beat Calgary. So either way, it's uh, there, there, it's it's the same going in, no matter what. Here's what I think. I think that 
the game against Montreal, as we all know, was probably one of the roughest to watch all season. And what that means now is Connor McDavid has had three days to sit in anger about how that's gone. And that's probably bad news for the Calgary Flames. I'll tell you this. I think we've seen this a couple times where they've had like a, a bit of a down game and then we expect Connor to come out and smack some in the next game. And it's usually a little more of a uh, well-played team type of game. Yeah. And the game next one is when fucking Connor goes crazy. So I can see tonight being like uh, the team just, it, they're just going to play a really solid team game. Probably not get too flashy. Just like get back and make sure play everything simple. And then whatever the game is after that is the one where I'd go, you guys need to keep an eye out because 97 is going to go crazy. I Can't hope. Oh, go ahead. I feel then. bad for Daryl Sutter and how, you know, this was, really? this is unfinished business. I'm just joking. Okay. No, I, it's, this is, this has been, you know, exactly. It's played out exactly how I think a lot of us thought it would. They got a little bump from Daryl coming back and bag skating them and all Did that they? good stuff. Uh, yeah. They had a couple wins they in a row. Three in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a huge, that's a huge win streak for this team this year. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I just don't think we can look at these as these games as, you know, and hopefully the team doesn't do that. I look at it as free points, but you just go out and you thrash them again. And, and again, it starts to make up for some of the other blemishes like the game against the Canadians, uh, the previous one. So yeah, you just go get these points. The, the, the key is right now, if we do go, you know, going back to our previous conversation, go to print point percentage, we are fourth place in the division right now. So we need to get a couple more W's than Montreal does with their Batman points and, uh, and be able to, to make up that ground and not have to face the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. Just, uh, you know, just ideally you don't want it to face the first place team. That's all. I don't think it matters. Yeah. I, I mean, you're going to have to play them at some point, right? That's the, yeah, that's the mentality yeah. that you have to have, it's, but it would still be good w- to not be. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yep. And right now the Leafs are the best in the division. And I would, I would hope, let's just say just for what Dan said, that the Oilers finish in fourth and they play Toronto in the first round. I would hope that's a challenge that makes everybody want to rise up to it. And rather than being like, oh, no, Toronto beat us a bunch of times. Fuck that, man. This is the playoffs. This is a different dance, baby. I remember 2006. The Oilers snuck in in the second last game of the season and were one game away from winning the Stanley Cup. That shit don't matter in the playoffs, baby. Shut down the President Trophy winning Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. In six, not seven. I, uh, I did like the hypothetical that, uh, and actually the Oilers, sorry, I just saw they announced some roster moves here. Ennis cleared waivers. He's going to the taxi squad. Staylock's coming up to the main roster. Uh, oh, Miko. Uh-oh. I, I think they actually had to do this because Staylock's healthy. I don't think oh. this is like a, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, because we don't want to continue to do that rope-a-dope with the goalies that we've done with Forsberg and fucking, did we have Comrie on our team for a minute? I don't even remember anymore. Has Anton Forsberg played it all yet this year, despite being nope. a suitcase? He's in Ottawa, though. And, yeah. and they don't played, they need to get rid played. of him. Did he they? played in Ottawa. He's got oh, one game, yeah, one game. Yeah, yeah, they they ran out of goaltenders. Is him or the guy <laughs> delivering popcorn? March twenty fifth, at the start of the year. March twenty fifth, he played against the Leafs. And... When he played, he was in full out. Uh, all of his gear was Winnipeg colors. <laughs> Forsberg's was. Yeah, I'm surprised he even had Winnipeg gear. I love. That. I know. You know that's what? the thing. I need. Where would he start this season? So he, does anyone remember? He started in where Carolina. He, he went Forsberg? from Edmonton no, he to started Carolina. Here. Oh yeah. Well, it's from Edmonton to Carolina on waivers. The initial the initial waiver yeah. transaction and then Carolina. Yeah. So then I didn't know where, yeah. Well, how the, why to Winnipeg, did he, why did he and then Winnipeg he went to New that? Jersey 
and then he went to how do i remember no, all he this? never went to new jersey i thought he was a part of the new jersey carousel no Comrie and aaron dell were if um, i'm yeah. if i'm anton forsberg no offense bro i might just buy like just white pads or something do the uh, do the old Hiller, them, Hillier things, the Otis Hiller, where he had the Darth uh, the Darth Vader mask, and it just didn't matter what team he was on. He looked like Darth Vader. Yeah, that's no, what I'm you, saying. You, you get you get the stuff. teams, you get the team stuff, and then you get them to sign it on your way out the door, and you go home and get that stuff framed. Does he? You know, does he become be like one of those NFL players with all those jerseys on his wall? Except he played played for all those teams. I was just going to say, does he become the new, you know, the new suitcase where, you know, Anton Forsberg played for 16 NHL teams and seven of them in one year, he's, but he didn't actually play. He's hockey's Kevin Glenn. He's been with every Canadian <laughs> team now. Yeah. <laughs> nice CFL throw there. Yeah. Um, all right. I wanted to uh, bring up this thing here. Josh Park put this together. It was up on the Instagram. It was pick one of these former Oilers in their prime. Forget about join- Instagram, man. Forget about Instagram. The real story on that one specifically is Twitter. Really? 2.6 million impressions and counting. Damn. Yeah, that got well, oh, like I, I saw like Ryan Whitney was chiming in. That thing went like everywhere on the fucking internet. Um, yep. all right. So you pick one of only one of these former Oilers to join today's team in their prime. Your options are Alish Hemsky, Chris Pronger, Dwayne Rollison, Fernando Pisani, Nail Yakupov, Taylor Hall, Laddie Schmid, Jason Smith, Nikita Nikitin, Ryan Smith, Curtis Joseph, Magnus BRV, Jason Strudwick, <gasps> Ilya Brizgalov. <laughs> Bag milk, who are you taking? I, I mean, I'm sorry, but the only answer is Pronger. If you, if, if you don't say Pronger, you probably forgot how good he was when he was here. Sure. sure. Chris Pronger would not have kept out either of those fucking – those horrible shots against that both goaltenders let in. Yep. Rick, like, I'm, you I'm, know. I'm, it's yeah, Cujo, which, baby. Which, the answer is Cujo, Cujo, Rick. It's Cujo. No. Like, no. I, Chris Rollison. Chris Pronger's, that's ridiculous. Please take your mic off. <laughs> Rollison in his prime should have won this team a Stanley <laughs> Cup on his own. You, he was winning that team. You or can't that, say he was on his own. Stanley Cup Chris, was on. You, you just yeah, killed Chris Pronger, Milks, man. Uh, You just killed Beg- Yeah, I know. Chris Pronger wasn't that great in Edmonton. Just saying it. Oh my Dan, you were out of your <laughs> He wasn't as good as he wasn't as good as Dwayne Rollison was for that playoff mind, run. Man. For sure. Dwayne Rollison should have won the MVP that year. No I still believe it. Way. Chris he Parker, dragged that carcass of a team Chris, across the finish line. That's not true Mark at all. Andre Bergeron that's not true at all. Him murdered in that's a hit not true at all. Because he had the well, Stanley he, Cup. What did he look like when he first case. got here? What did he look like when he first got here? Stronger? He was nope. No Rollison was garbage until he got to the playoffs. Absolutely, but that's prime. Chris Prime. Chris That's the prime Pronger I'm looking for. Is the only oh. answer. No, you need Kudrow, man. Let's, we yep. we don't we don't la- allow a lot of fucking grade A chances anymore. So he's he's going to eliminate those grade A chances. What we keep letting in are these stupid ass goals from weird ass angles that Kudrow wouldn't do. And Chris jo- and, and Chris Pronger is just not he's not keeping that puck out of the net. Like we there's get how many Stanley Cup finals did, did Kudrow play for at Edmonton? I don't give a shit. He was a great matter. goalie. I was like six months old when Cujo played here, and I know he's the Dude, right answer. Go back, go to YouTube and watch what he did in the fucking nineties. What he did with a with a, a, a blue collar team of all third liners and Doug Waite. Like it was. And first of all, Doug Waite should be on that Smith? list. Sorry, Doug Waite should What's be it? on that list. He's not on oh. the list, but Doug he needs to be on the list. Nonetheless, the answer is Cujo. Josh and I were trolling a little bit with the list. Um. All right. And that's what our he's even talking about Bruce Galoff. Like, come on. And nobody's talking about Neil Yakupov. If Jesse Pulley, <laughs> and to quote Wanya here, if Jesse Pulley came back and looks this good, then Neil Yakupov, a former first overall, will probably look four times better. 
I think all of, Reinhardt. all of our heads have different answers, but our hearts, I mean, would you not love to our see a prime? Our hearts say Connor, yeah, right. Our hearts say Alex Hemsky. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see that guy playing with Connor McDavid? Or like, yeah. imagine Hemsky setting up Dreisaitl for one-timers on the second line. Come on. In, in all seriousness, though, Bag Milk is correct. It's it's Chris Pronger playing with like Darnell. Is Chris, right now, like, keeping, is Chris oh. Pronger keeping out the, the, yes. the shots from it's Montreal? Cujo, They're man. not even Cujo's the answer. No, I, th- Chris I think Pronger's Chris Pronger's not even stopped. getting it there. I think Chris Pronger for controls sure the game. How many Chris goals? Pronger brings in that element that I was talking about with Patrick Marlowe too, right? How many goals have the Oilers given up because their defensemen made terrible plays? Not as, ma- not, as many, do not as many, not as many in, in this year as, as in previous. Oh man! How many? How many times that puck just get past the goaltender? Chris Pronger with Evan Bouchard. Come on! Can you imagine if you had Chris Pronger as your first line left winger or left D, I should say, and he's playing with I don't know, say uh, Bouchard. He's or, playing no, half. The, he's playing you half said, the game. You he's put, playing half the amount of minutes that Kuja's playing. You put Chris Pronger as your first LD. And then Tyson Berry on the right side. Ugh. That is arguably the best pairing in the league. Yep. With Tyson and Berry. Prime. Pronger's prime. Yeah. Pronger's, yep. of course, of course. Not 43 year old Pronger, whatever no. he is now. I just said Dwayne Rollison to be a contrarian, by the way. And then on the second line, you got Daryl and then whoever else at Larson. I want to get Man, that out there. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a top four that anybody would want. Dan is the one yeah, who gets the clutch for this podcast. You shoot from a horrible You shoot from a horrible angle. That they're going to allow because you shoot from a horrible angle, we'll give it to you, and it goes in the net. And they only play 30 minutes. You need I a guy just, who's out there 60. We're Niemi, just undefeated. Hey, man, Niemi's got cup rings. Niemi's got cup rings, and it's all because of the <laughs> Cujo. Yeah, I, 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 like I go this. with Cujo as well. I want to know. Dallas, hey, but... 97. Cujo. <laughs> Dallas so and then... Colorado, 98. So then, what that stuff we was really monumental. Is bring back Todd Marchant because the Oilers wouldn't have won that series had it not. Hey, we need that. Thir- we need a third line center, <laughs> don't we? Uh, if you have an answer for this, please hit us up on social. Yep. If you haven't already answered on the uh, the main Oilers yeah. main feed, I can't believe we didn't include Matt Barzell either. <laughs> oh man, he what his hat trick that, was that last oh. night or two nights ago? Last night. He just, pissed me off it his just goal against the four capitals he walked four capitals they all just did a little flyby check of his stick and he just deked them all i i went so to does high, so does leon i went to yeah. high school with a kid yeah. um i went to high school with a kid who played goalie in the dub for the oil kings and uh i remember talking to him i was like who's the best player in the league like who's the best player you play against and I think Barzell was like 17 at the time or like 16. And he was like, it's not even close. It's Matt Barzell. He's like, this guy's unbelievable. And he like could not say enough about how sick Matt Barzell was. He's like, he's the best player in the league. Like I've never seen anyone as good as him. And I always remember that whenever I see him dominate, I'm like people, who, people who are in the dub, like they knew, man, people knew how sick Matt Barzell was. Why no one else figured it out beyond me. Anyways, uh, there's still that, there's still that overlooming that size factor that at that yeah. point, a lot of teams were not sold on going to the new way of the NHL yet. And I know a lot of analytics people like to sit here and poke, you know, point the finger and laugh at guys. Cause you know, they're kind of old school and, and, and waited to the last minute to kind of swap over to the new NHL. But that's just the way it is, man. Like you, you're running a multi-million dollar organization. Yeah. It's pretty ballsy to make that big step. But when you're, all you're doing is hitting some key, hitting some letters on a keyboard in front of a computer screen, it's real easy to say, hey, this is what you should do. <laughs> where, where did the anti-analytics rank come from there? That no, just no. came out of left field. <laughs> well, no, because they're, they're always the ones that saying, hey, you yeah. should have done this, you should have done this. And the NHL was, you know, 
one third, two thirds, whatever it was of the way to the new NHL. And to go against the green like that for a bunch of old, older guys who have been, who've been doing the same thing for years, it's really damn tough. Before we move on and talk a little bit more about tonight's battle of Alberta, got to give some love to Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's own. They are the insurance teammate of Oilers Nation. Whether you need a quote, whether it's auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, all of that, Cornerstone Insurance has you covered. If you want more info, go to cornerstoneins.ca. Cornerstoneins.ca. I, that, I think Cujo would be the right insurance policy for this Oilers team if they can get him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Battle of Alberta tonight. Figured we should, I, I just want to go around the horn. We're going to get this out early enough uh, so people can listen to it before the game here. It's an 8 o'clock start, or 7, 7 o'clock start tonight. Um, but I just want to go around the horn. I'll start with you, Bag Milk. One key to victory tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again. It's boring, but it's true. Respect the blue lines. Oilers have been caught so many times with giveaways at either blue line, be it getting out of their own zone or getting it deep into the other zone. And when those pucks get turned around, they've been getting burned for them. It happened against Montreal. It's hap- when the Oilers lose, I guarantee we can probably pick out one or two turnovers at the blue line that were probably avoidable if they made a little bit of a stronger play rather than trying to force something through. Mm-hmm. To me, as always, respect the blue lines. Go ahead. Rick? Execute. Execute, execute, execute your passes, your hits, your battles, your dump-ins, everything. Execute properly and you'll be fine. Dan? First period. I say it every single time we've asked for keys to the game, but for me, this team always wins games when they have a good effort in the first period. And that doesn't even mean they necessarily have to come out the leader of the period. But if you get a goal in that first period, this team just seems to unlock something and it's ready to go. They are 15 and two when they score first. So to me, it's get going early, get going often, demoralize this Calgary Flames team once again. I like that, Dan. Bet the Betford period result. When uh, when the Oilers are on home ice and lead after the first period, they're eight and zero on the season. They've been a very good team this year, protecting leads. So I like that key to the game. I'm going to say, get the big dogs going. You will beat the Calgary Flames <laughs> if McDavid and Drysaddle are at their best. Frank chimes in. The key to victory tonight for the Oilers is get the big dogs. Going and now I am going to get my buttons ready because it is time. <laughs> is Frank still fired Frank's up? Frank's going fucking bananas. He's yeah. just like, what's going on? What's going on? It's the BOA, Frank. Let's get going. Let's get going. Oh man. Um, all right. I'm gonna get my buttons ready here for hot and cold performers brought to you by Deuce Vodka. If the Oilers win, why not try a neon nation bomb? I think I said that right. Created by Brad Stepenko. It is Brad Stepenko's an animal. He's, a, he's yeah. I love that guy. He's an absolute animal. <laughs> he is an um, animal. <laughs> but if they win tonight, yeah, I think that could become like a playoff thing as well for us. I'll tell you one thing though. If you don't know what a neon nation bomb is, it's a nation beer with a shot of Deuce Vodka popped in there and you pump her back. Please drink responsibly because yes. Leon scores more than one. You know. Good night. You're gonna, you're gonna need a. You're gonna hey, he looked. He looks. He looks fine even after his third one. Or you there, hit, forget to hit record. Was, 
Shout out Brad. Um, Rick, is there a chance for the Oilers playoff run? We could get like neon nation bombs or something like that at the pint for our parties. I, I think there's something we can do. Yeah, there might be something we can work out. All right, let's get into hot and cold <laughs> performers brought to you by Deuce Vodka. As Bag Milk says, we will start with the veggies. And I'm coming to you first, Nation Dan. Who's your cold performer of the week? Well, you mentioned it already, but it's uh, it, I'm just going to take the easy one off the board. It is the fact that we've had multiple COVID delays now to our schedule. It's frustrating when you go ahead and you look forward to a, after a long week of, of slogging through whatever you have to slog through to have some Oilers games back to back, the Oilers versus the Flames and then the Oilers versus the Canucks. Well, the Canucks are no more. And uh, we have to start looking forward to Monday against another team that we had a bunch of delayed schedule issues. I hit mute in the middle of my speech, and I'm sorry, uh, but it's the COVID delays in the North Division, my cold performer of the week. Oh, get cold. Egg milk? Well, I mean, Dan's is the obvious one, right? Um, I was really looking forward to watching watching the Oilers game tomorrow night, but unfortunately, it is not meant to be. Um, So I'm going to take the second most obvious one off the board. I'm going to say cold performer of the week this week is the entire team just for the effort against Montreal. I know it's a one-off. I believe it's a one-off. Connor said it's himself. He feels it was a one-off. I agree with him, but that game was rough, tough to watch. It happens sometimes, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Uh, That game against the Habs, cold performer of the week. Y'all speak. Rick? Uh, Well, I thought this one was kind of obvious too. But pretty much everyone who made a, a big deal of the Connor uh, of the Connor hit, like people that came out and said, you know, this needs to be a suspension, this needs to be this, that, and the other thing. Like you guys, come oh, on, it's 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 a it's a high paced game. There's emotion. It's you know, there's body contact. Come, like seriously, that that's embarrassing. It's five grand, sure, whatever. It's a drop in the bucket for him. Doesn't mean a damn thing. But for everyone who's against that, and then really the next night when, and again, this is nothing, when when McKinnon just kind of underhand throws the uh, helmet at, at uh, what's his face there. Yeah. Again, Connor absolutely Garland. fucking nothing. People even, like that didn't get the same attention as the Connor issue, but that technically is worse. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Everyone's got to f- grow some thicker skin here. This is, that's what we want out of, the, out of this sport. Come on now. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Gregor brought up a good point too. In every game, there are probably like two to three shoves from behind that are so much more dangerous than what McKinnon or McDavid did. But for some reason, people just ignore them because like hits from behind happen all the time. Like what's the big deal? But I agree with you hundred percent, Rick. Uh, my cold performer of the week are going to be the people who just can't seem to wait to jump down the throat of Dave Tippett at every little chance. The Oilers win. <laughs> Yeah, you don't hear much. Sometimes they win and you'll get a little bit of it. But then the second they lose, it's like, this guy is an idiot. He is stubborn. He needs to play Jones. He needs to play Bouchard. He needs to scratch this guy. Why won't Tippett do this? Why isn't Tippett doing that? And it's like, you know, we have a good coach here in Edmonton, but it just feels like no matter what they do, there is a portion of this fan base that is always like, we are so much smarter than him and they don't want to hear anything else. The second the Oilers lose, they're jumping down the throat and they're ready to just yell at everyone. They want them fired, all this stuff. And it's like, take a deep breath. One loss happens. Good teams get blown out sometimes. That shit happens. The Oilers have been very good this year at bouncing back, not going on long losing streaks. And Dave Tippett's been a hell of a coach. So for the people who don't stop complaining about Dave Tippett, you are my cold performer of the week. What the 
hell is going on? The only, thing I would wanna, the only thing I would want to say about that is I agree with you on all of that. However, I thought Dave Tippett made some weird choices against Montreal. Uh, starting, starting the fourth line was dumb, yeah. That's not that big of a thing, though. You're, yeah. you're confident putting it's, those guys out at any given time. But like, if, when if everyone, the excuse like, lost to their set mind, the pace said, is your fourth line when you got but you, you grew up playing that. You grew up playing that hockey. Yeah, but that's it's 2021, man. But it doesn't change. Doesn't like, take that. Yeah. It doesn't also, take that out of hockey. What challenging that, a very obvious goal was weird. Well, that's that's he, he has a guy to that he has to like rely on, and that guy says yay or nay, and then it's up to him at the end of the as day. As soon of as I saw the replay, I'm like, why are they challenging this? Yeah, because even with the with the new rule, the foot drag, like when it's yeah. above, I I too, I it felt like he forgot that rule was in there. So but I that whole, feel like the whole like the fourth line thing is silly. Thing, was a little bit weird. Again, you're right, Rick. It's not the biggest deal. It's not like fourth lines never start. That was a little bit weird. But to me, the, the challenge was very, very odd. And then just things went. Well, what I should yeah, every, add to everything that, was everything went downhill. That's just the way it was. What yeah. I should add to that is that these same people never give Dave Tippett credit. Like there's never when he oh, does he so, plenty, plenty. Like when when Caleb Jones comes back into the lineup, you don't see people being like, ah, finally Dave Tippett's doing the right thing. They're like, oh, yeah, this fucking idiot's finally coming around to what I'm saying. Or like Tippett. he he picked the perfect time to move Pulleyarvi up to the top line. He's been yep. great with Pulleyarvi this year. Yep. But those people who love to bitch about McClellan not handling Pulleyarvi right aren't sitting there applauding Tippett for handling him right now. Like it's just it's a little His ability to uh, to figure out the goalie sauce yeah. between, you know, two not great options. Yeah. And he seems to go back to the guy that he knows is going to have a good night. And this is, and this is why I, so. and this is why I said, I stopped trying to guess the goalies like a year and a half ago. Yeah, we have no it. fucking idea. He's got some sort of finger on the pulse, sort of kind of what you do your thing, my man. I'm not even going to fucking yeah. bring it up. 100%. Just sticking on the goalies just before we move to hot performers, even just like it's, it's hard, right? Like it's exactly like Rick said. He's got a better pulse on the situation. We've all on this one, a podcast, apologized to Mike Smith for having <laughs> no belief in him before the season started. So, you know, if, you, if you're going to criticize Dave Tippett, like Tyler says, you have to acknowledge all the things that he does right, of which there are plenty. Yep. Going to hot and cold, or going to the hot performers now. I am going to start things off here because I want to wish our boy Bag Milk, a happy birthday. You won't get an Oilers game on your birthday, but happy birthday, big guy. I know you're going to be nice and shit-faced by like 11 a.m., so that'll be good. Uh, Maybe I'll shoot you a couple texts and test the waters, see how you're feeling, but have a great birthday, Mr. Bag Milk. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Yeah, I was looking forward to writing the GDB tomorrow and just kind of the boys uh, are, are covering the site for the weekend for me, so I was just looking forward to getting the day started early and then having some beers throughout the day watching a game but unfortunately that's not going to happen so i'm going to come out with some kind of uh lessons i've learned as an oilers fan on my birthday type of article what are you going to air fry everything <laughs> everything there's got to be man. something out there that, that, that's got to go in there like it's got to be a birthday treat of some sort buddy i think tomorrow's the day that the beef and shed goes in there yes i love i want to see ice cream that, cake I think tomorrow's the day that the beef and shed goes in the air fryer. Just a little, a little crispiness on the outside is going to be real nice. Bag milk, birthday boy. Who's your hot performer of the week? My hot performer of the week, oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. My hot performer of the week is I'm trying to think. Did anything even fun happen this week? 
Not really. Weathers wise, no, nothing happened there. Got uh, beef and cheds on the mind. Beef and cheds are on the mind, Dan. I could, could ignore Your dad gave you a hundred bucks during the real life podcast. Oh, you know what? There you go. There you go. My hot performer of the week is my dad because that just, that did happen. So yesterday on the real life podcast, we were talking about whatever. And then I just got up and left. And then I came back and my dad gave me a hundred dollar bill and he was at the door and I'm like, why are you here? And he's just like, I wanted to give you a hundred dollars. I said, okay. And then I was bragging about it on real life. I also want to give my dad a shout out for earlier in the week, dropping off more garlic sausage for me. He was at, uh, he, his, his, his meat wife banana. is absolutely meat banana boys. I did it. That's how I killed the last one was me. Yeah. <laughs> Solidarity. So his, his partner and their family have a beef farm, right? So they were out doing some slaughtering and some, and some processing. So he brought me all kinds of snacks. So yes, Tyler, thank you for coming up with an answer for me. My dad. Cash money. Rick. Put some of that sausage in the air fry too, by the way. I, I did. Dude, nice. It's the best. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a game changer. So what I was doing is I, I meet bananaed, but I'm like, I yeah. can't finish this whole ring without air frying some. So I was real thin. Like I'm talking like pog style thin and I laid them out in the air fryer and they came out like little crispy meat chips. It was like, Oh, I made this little spicy mustard dipping sauce. I'm fucking living my best life out here. I like that. I like that. Well, for mine here, I got to go to uh, something I found on. And it might have been an eight for fools joke. I really don't know. But his name is uh, Bruce Drennan. He is the Cleveland broadcaster uh, for the for the Indians. He, <laughs> he must do like a radio call-in show or something like that. So yeah. he had some guy call in and started giving like a horrible, <laughs> a horrible take on whatever the hell it was. And, and Bruce, he stopped him and he went off on, he called him an idiot. He called him an idiot twice. He absolutely lights this guy up for bringing like absolute sort of just stupid takes. Can and I play honest, it? Yes, please. Oh, no, my, sorry. Every, no, keep, every keep guy in local like, radio is just like, yeah. Well, that's, that's just what it is. I mean, Tyler, you, you read, you read out text. Buy you Tyler. let some colors go through and I yell at my radio. Like, in, like <laughs> you're driving beside me. You're probably wondering what the fuck's going on. But I'm yelling at these guys like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I got it here. Okay, good. You can just simply pitch around Ramirez. Keep walking him. Don't give him anything to hit. The next guy, the good pitch is down the middle. He won't swing at. Put the balls down around his ankles. He hits the shortstop into a double play. This has been going on for two years. Right. Uh, I guess you missed a lot of the games that Reyes hit in the clutch last year, huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. I'm You're not gonna, idiot. No, you are an idiot. <laughs> You're going to tell me you idiot. are judging. You don't know anything. You don't know squat, you stupid idiot. You're going to tell me you're going to make a judgment on the season after one game in 30-degree weather that proves what an ignoramus you are. Get off our show, fair weather idiot. All right, we're going to here. So many of you guys must want to do that. I'm so happy that that was done. So many people need to hear that. I think that man just got a couple clips added to the hot and cold performer button. <laughs> yes. uh, tray oh, here. My God, <laughs> stupid ignoramus. <laughs> stupid ignoramus. I love that. It's, and like, if you have, I know you're listening to a podcast right now, if you're hearing us, but you got to find that clip. Cause he is animated. 
Yeah, yes. Tyler held the tell, Tyler held the camera up to his uh, to his phone so we could see the the reaction. It's amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. All right, Dan, your cold performer or hot performer of the week. Uh, well, it was going to go to Schmidty for that uh, performance Maybe. against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was uh, that was something to behold, and he held the guys in, and they were able to come back. But uh, selfishly, it's going to go to us at, here at the Nation. The big announcement from Jay that he uh, put his deposit down for the Vegas tickets. Yeah, and we are talking travel, boys. I can't believe it. In the you know early stages of 2021, none of us have gotten our Microsoft antivirus upgrade yet. But when we do, and we will. We are going to be going back, going back for a third time on a hashtag nation vacation to Las Vegas. I am already starting the planning. I'm already trying to plot out our locations. I don't even know when the games are going to be played, but we can are you, going back. It is an exciting can you, time. Can you find out if we can rent an air fryer? Bag Milk didn't want to bring it as a carry on. Well, well Rick had know. a great idea though. Like Rick had a great idea that it was an emotional support air fryer. So I feel like that could probably work. And yeah. we've now we've got a mission because Rick's got me on, on on the on the path to garlic bread. So we need to find <laughs> some garlic bread for the room after a night out. There you go. But uh, yeah, we're looking at hashtag nation vacation once again. I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited to get planning, get plotting, and hopefully we can fill a freaking plane this time. Please, world, please let us travel again. Please, I want nothing more than to be spilling into the Taco Bell cantina at 3 a.m. again. Watch Jay, wrap up, watch Jay wrap up his leftovers <laughs> so neat and tidy, put it in his hand, and gingerly walk back to the room at 3 o'clock in the morning. Here's one thing. If he's never partied with Jay on a vacation, he'll talk about pitch count all day and how you need to watch <laughs> your pitch count. But that, that'll, that'll, that gets forgotten in a real hurry. That gets forgotten. Oh, uh, Please just hang around him at the craps table. <laughs> oh yeah when he's had a couple of beverages a couple of bud lights in the system him at the craps table is gold gold we were, we were last year we were um at the craps table rick jay and i and stepankos were there and there were some other citizens around and we kept getting in trouble for putting our our case of white claws on the table <laughs> even like on the edge of the table they're like stop doing that we're like, Sorry, <laughs> just end up back there two seconds later. It's the best. I love it. So, and then we were like, after the Oilers lost against Vegas, we ended up down on Fremont Street. First of all, great dance party. Uh, Incredible. Steve was the cover band. We had a great dance party in the street. And then we ended up in a casino back at the craps table. And I just remember the look of the guy's face. Remember, Rick, when you guys put your money down <laughs> and I just reached into my pocket and pulled like a soggy ball of bills down and I just kind of put it on the table. I was, I don't know, up there. And he's just like, was like counting singles. It was like, it was like $47 or something. The rest of us are walking in with, you know, just number of 20s. You know, here's 200 bucks or 100 bucks, whatever. You're like, here's 37.50. Let's go. All <laughs> uh, right. Ah, Vegas. I love it. Nation vacations are the best. Absolutely. Episode 131 of Oilers Nation Radio was also the best. I enjoyed this. That was fun. Uh, For Sherwood Ford, the giant for Deuce Vodka, Cornerstone Insurance, and of course, Skip the Dishes for Rick, Dan, and Bagged Milk. I am Tyler Rumchuk. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy another Battle of Alberta, and we'll talk to you again next Friday. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.